Professor Suarez here, and this episode I want to talk about when I became a jerk. Now, I'm not talking about being, you know, patronizing or putting people down. I'm talking about being able to negotiate. Now, surprisingly, the biggest predictor of how well somebody negotiates is one personality trait in particular, and that is agreeableness. Now, I know what you're saying, well, if a person's very agreeable, of course they're gonna be able to negotiate. But the reality is, it's the opposite. People who are less agreeable, or very disagreeable, tend to have higher valuations as far as what they can get in negotiation. And a part of that is, they don't take anything less than what they deserve. Consider, when you were younger, or when you were a teenager, when your parent told you to do something, and you determined that what you were doing at that moment, whether it was on your sidekick or uh, playing some video games, was more important, you know what? You didn't do it. And that disagreeableness also comes into play when you're taking job offers, when you're looking to buy a house, looking to pay for your first car, um, what it is you deserve or what it is you feel that car is worth. Now, maybe that wasn't your upbringing and that's not what you've been taught because, you know, if you're not, if you ever been to American high school or the American uh, education system, most times the teacher tells you to sit down, teachers tell you to behave, you misbehave, you end up in detention or in school suspension. And now, I'm here telling you, you gotta be the opposite, man. You wanna make money, you wanna negotiate what your time is worth, you have to kind of be a jerk. Um, and like I said before, I wasn't always a jerk. I was always a nice guy. I always tried to give people what they, uh, what I, I believe they wanted or what they needed. And what would end up happening was I ended up being stretched out because I'd take on more than I needed to. I'd be pulled in a whole bunch of different directions. And some of the responsibilities or some of the things that I valued weren't really being appreciated. On top of that, trying to be the nice guy, you don't ask for things. You don't want to offend people. You don't want to hurt people's feelings. So you just kind of like bottle it in and you don't count on anybody. Um, and then you get taken advantage of. And that's not fair. It's not fair to you. It's not fair to those who you care about. It's not fair to your family if when your job takes advantage of you, when the people that you deal with every day takes advantage of you. Um, but it comes down to one thing, valuation. What is your value? Now, you guys are playing Monopoly and the values are preset when you guys play for your uh, first exam. Um, but that's not always going to be the case, right? Uh, in most cases, with regards to real estate, there's three ways that people approach valuations. They look at it based on how much would it cost them to build that property, um, how the cash flow um, is looking to be, then they do a valuation on that, or they look at what uh, the prices of similar houses being sold in that area. Um, and we take the same approach when we look at our evaluating ourselves. Um, we look at what the other person next to us is making. We look at um, what it costs us to get to this point. Um, or we even look at potential cash flow. You know, we look at, you know, oh, wow, 60,000 benefits. Yeah, that's definitely worth something today. That's definitely an opportunity. Um, 
what's unfortunate is those people who don't know how to evaluate the opportunities. Um, who don't People who don't do cost-benefits analysis. What is it going to cost me as far as time, money, effort, and what's the benefit that I get from doing some of these things? And I guarantee you that if you start taking a look at some of these situations that you're putting yourselves in and start doing a cost-benefits analysis, you'll start to see, man, maybe some of these opportunities or maybe some of the things that I'm spending time on really aren't adding value to myself or aren't adding value to the people um, that I care about. Take, for example, um, how Monopoly, you're able to make deals, right? And the reason I bring up the Monopoly is part because you're playing it, but also I just want to uh, emphasize the purpose of this exercise, right? Um, there are different strategies that you, you have to take, but being able to make deals and negotiate with people um, also allows you the vantage point of seeing opportunities that the other person might see. So sometimes you might have to take, make, make three or four deals just to get the property you want or just to get in the space you want. Sometimes you might be in a situation where you find yourself going in one direction and you say, in order to reduce my cost, I got to make some deals. I got to start talking to some people. Um, I'm going to be in this area for work. Maybe I want to buy a house in this, in this space and maybe in a couple years look to sell it um, if another opportunity presents itself. Or maybe to reduce my cost, uh, I want to set up a, a car sharing or um, a carpooling uh, business where I get a cut and maybe make some profit on the side. Or maybe you want to partner up with somebody to reduce your costs for marketing um, so that way you could get yourself exposed and get yourself out there without having to pay the exorbitant cost of, uh, of setting up shop. All these are, are ideas and different ways for you to create more value. But the idea is doing it in a group, in a crowd, in a, in a, in a space with other people, right? And in order to do that, you have to be able to negotiate. You have to be able to know your value and the value of what's uh, being given and what's being taken. Um, again, you could use that those three approaches. You could use a cost-benefits analysis. Um, but the most important piece, I think, is understanding the time value, right? So when you do calculations like net present value, what's happening is you're discounting based on an assumed um, fixed rate or you could do uh, valuations with the variable rate but just for the sake of argument uh, let's say it's a fixed rate right this discount rate is based on a set amount that is quote-unquote guaranteed or risk-free right some some people use a three-year treasury bond or the 10-year treasury bond depending on um how long the investments are going to be. But with regards to yourself, your discount rate really should be, um, man, the value you get from being at home with your family, the value you get from spending time with your friends, the value you get from spending quality time with yourself, right? Um, any job you take, any career that you're in, you'd hope that there's some social reward or some value outside that money uh, aspect, right? Um, but if there isn't, maybe putting a price value to the quality time that you're giving up might help you to really take into account what it is you're actually losing. There's one example I have, personal example, where I was setting up a um, scholarship event for students in, in Bergen. 
and you know, I was putting up a lot of time, a lot of money, um, well, not a lot, a decent amount, and you know, it it was very frustrating and very stressful because I felt like I wasn't getting the value back. Um, don't get me wrong, it's, it's great to be able to do charitable events and to, to give back, um, but what I was putting in, uh, it was substantially uh, burdensome on my family. So what I did was I, I sat back and I put a number, put a number to my time. Uh, $20, $30, $40, whatever it is that you do, right? Put a value to it, right? And then I made a calculation and I said, wow, I, I feel like I spent over 4000 or $5,000 just on this one event. What did I get back out of it? Did I get that in return? Was I able to make that into something else? Then when I approach, when I was approached to do it again, I said, "Look, I, I need at least four thousand or five thousand in capital to set this up again. If I'm not going to get that, I'm sorry, I'm not going to waste my time." And the idea is, when you're able to make a valuation of yourself, make a valuation of your time, when you're able to prioritize what is important to you, you have the strength of character to say no. And at that point, you're you're a monster, man. Let me tell you. It's one thing to say no, right? But come on, there are jerks out there. They're going to insist on you saying yes. They're going to insist on getting something out of you. This could be your manager. This could be your children. This could be, you know, people that you idolize or you, you view as loved ones. Um, and I'm not saying your loved ones are jerks for expecting this. This is a human nature, right? We're, we want to get the most out of life. And sometimes we don't take into account that we might be compromising other people. But with that being said, you have to have the strength to say no. And I, I find that people who don't prioritize their time, who don't value their time, it's very difficult for them to say no. It's very difficult to say no to a boss to work that extra um, overtime because it might seem like that uh, pay and a half is really worth your time. But then when you really calculate it, man... I could be spending that weekend studying Professor Suarez's uh, podcast or personal finance course, or I could be spending time learning how to code, learning how to design a website, um, develop myself, right? These are things that may, in the short run, not add a lot of value, but in the long run, man, that return is so much higher. I'll give you another example. I have, I have a group of students who are designing an app. Um, for uh, the staff in, in my school. Um, after they did a free site, which was kind of like a, a test site, they were able to determine that they were able to get 33 clients on this app. On average, these clients spend about $45 a week, which turns out to be about 60000 per year. And this is just one school, right? With this information, they were able to do a cash flow analysis, right, and determine that the valuation of the company over a period of, of 10 years determining what their cash flow is it was about half a million. Now, that's a great thing to find out, but surprisingly, it only cost them maybe 10 bucks, right? And that was just to give away a gift card for, for uh, the, the faculty to participate. But let me tell you, man, to determine that what your time is worth, that it's worth half a million dollars, that's something that's eye-opening for some of these students. And 
not to mention they didn't even pay for the website. It was a free website. Now, how many of you guys are doing stuff that is really building up a valuation of half a million dollars? It's a tough question to answer, you know? Are you finding those opportunities? Are you making those opportunities for the people you care about? Like I said in the first class, there's a, f a fear. There's a fear of success. It's easier to play a losing game than a winning game, especially if that losing game is something you're comfortable with. Guys, get out of your comfort zone. If there is something out there, you're not going to find it by sitting around doing the same job over and over again. I'm sorry. You have to make time. You have to prioritize making time for yourself and building yourself. That's really the investment you want to make. Now, with the, the Monopoly assignment, again, this is just for you to kind of have a exercise to really understand how financial statements are made and what goes into it. And it's a very crude example because it's Monopoly, um, but a lot of the same uh, aspects go for real estate. Uh, you could put liens on properties. You could uh, get cash out of it by taking a reverse mortgage or um, putting putting the house for sale and then putting a mortgage on it. Because you can't really uh, you can't put, uh, take out a home act or you can't take out a reverse mortgage if uh, the house is for sale. You have to you have to do that first. So I mean it, it's it's not exactly the same, but the concepts are there, right? Uh, you're gonna have to pay rent. All these things are part of life, and it's just, uh, we're just using this example or this game to be able to extrapolate ideas that we could apply into the larger game of life. Um, and I hope you guys get a lot of that out of this exercise. The next discussion board, I want to see how you guys made deals. Now, if you guys play with your family, um, <laughs> it's, it's a bit unfortunate because you're taking advantage of them in a way because you're... <laughs> You know, using your, your business knowledge or what have you. I mean, some kids are ruthless. My little brother, my God, he would take me to, to town on Monopoly. Um, but uh, the hope is that, again, you use this exercise as a learning experience and you're able to extrapolate uh, how, how um, financial statements, uh, statement of cash flows, income statements, balance sheets are made. Um, but also start looking into how deals are made. Um, Start using the game as a simulator for how you're going to make your future deals, whether it's for uh, future real estate that you're going to buy, future investments you're going to make, um, or opportunities that you're going to find in your real life, okay? Um, with that, this is the last class on income. I hope that moving forward, you can take the three classes and synthesize some ideas that will help uh, make more value in your life. Uh, this is Professor Suarez signing off. You guys take care.